Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Chris Willis and I'm joined by Stephen Talbert tonight. We're stepping into the Sunday time slot this week because Brad is traveling, but he'll be back next week. Stephen, we've reached the part of the offseason where we aren't expecting a lot of news, but we did get some headlines this week. Yeah, the the offseason has has come to a, a grinding halt uh, all across baseball, really. I was tweeting about this earlier today, but I don't know if it's because all the top guys left are, are Scott Boris guys and he's just you know holding up the whole thing, or I don't know what it is, but... Yeah, there's still, I was looking at today, there's still like 25 of the top 50 free agents who are still unsigned and looking for jobs. And so, yeah, the the offseason has has come to a, a screeching halt uh, pretty quickly. But like you said, we've got some stuff. The Braves have still managed to give us some news. Uh, we appreciate that, of course. But yeah, buddy, it's it's good to good to be back on with you. It's always fun to do these. Yeah, it is interesting when, you know, we get to this point, you think everybody's uh, ready to go, and then you look and see, you know, you got Blake Snell, uh, National League Cy Young winner, Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger, uh, uh, there's Matt Chapman. I mean, there's some big names still out there. And, uh, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, when you say 25 and 50, this wasn't the greatest free agent class uh, across the board. Uh, so that, I think that plays a part in it. But like you said, I mean, that's four of the – I believe I looked at Fangraphs uh, earlier this week uh, at their uh, free agent rankings, and I think that's four of the top seven that are still available on January 14th as we uh, as we record this. That's pretty wild, you know. I remember when uh, Manny Machado and – what Manny Machado and Bryce Harper went uh, deep, didn't he, into, into February that time. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to think that, you know, a couple of these guys may have to do that. So, uh but it's going to be interesting. We we'll, we'll we might do a free agency podcast at some point just to talk uh just to talk about how this process has went this year, but uh we did get some big news for the Braves this week and um I think, you know, I don't know if I I tweeted this. I said it in the comments too. I don't know if uh if you'll agree with me, but I thought it might have been the most important move of the offseason, although I never did have any much doubt that it wasn't going to happen. But Alex Anthopoulos uh, was uh, assigned a, a long-term extension with the Braves. This thing's going to keep him here through 2031. And for just a little bit of context, Austin Riley is the only player, I believe. I looked at this real quick before we started recording, but I think Austin Riley is the only guy under contract now for longer than um, Alex Anthopoulos. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what'd you think? What'd you think when you saw that that press release? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a massive move. Um, I think, I you know, I think we've been pretty clear on this podcast that you know, I think Alex has done an incredible job. I think he's probably the best in the business. Uh, you could argue, you know, Andrew Friedman in, in L.A. is obviously very good. The 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 Tampa Bay Rays always seem to have somebody pretty incredible. 
But for my money, Alex has been the best in the business. And, you know, the Braves spend quite a bit of money now, but when he started, that wasn't the case. They were still running, you know, $120 million payrolls and he was having to win with much less than a lot of teams. And so, yeah, massive deal. I'm really happy for him, really happy for the team, uh, the fans. Obviously, it's a big deal. I, I wasn't surprised. I mean, you know, the, and I guess, you know, we follow this a lot closer than most people, but, you know, we, we've talked about this in our Slack group all offseason that this was probably coming at some point. Everybody knew that his his contract was up. 2024 was going to be his last year under contract. I didn't think there was any way the Braves would let him actually get to free agency. And so that meant some sort of extension had to happen this offseason. And it was, I, I would definitely say it was longer than I thought, eight years or I guess seven years plus the one that he had already on under the uh, on the books. But um, that's definitely longer than normal. And that I think that shows you exactly how they feel about Alex. And I think Alex really loves the area. And, and clearly to sign on for another eight year or seven years is a big deal. So, yeah, great for him. He's done an amazing job. I don't think anybody can argue that. Well, let me take that back. You know, Braves fans can argue about anything, but I, I, in my opinion, he's done an amazing job, and it's a well-deserved contract extension. I don't know exactly where that puts him, you know, in the in the uh, hierarchy of of front office execs and how much they're paid, but I'm guessing he's among the highest, if not the highest, paid guy in in, in baseball now. And good for him; he deserves to be. He's, he's one of the best in the business, and and he's done an incredible job. I mean, truly incredible job since he came to Atlanta. The terms of the deal, of course, wasn't weren't disclosed, but I would I would agree with you. I would think he would probably be in the in the top three, you know, as far as paid uh, front office executives. And I mean, he's done a great job. That's a long that's a long extension. We don't, there's no telling what this may look like, you know, by the time we get to, uh, close to the end of that deal. You know, my big favorite thing about Alex has always been that. You know, he's he, he thinks outside the box, and you've seen it more and more as the Braves' uh, payroll has increased and they've they've creeped into the luxury tax, and you saw them this year. I mean, just a, a flurry of moves where they've had to move money around and stuff. And, you know, it reminds me more of the NBA in a lot of ways where you're, you're, you're always navigating that salary cap where baseball doesn't have a salary cap per se, but the luxury tax often uh, – acts like one so you know i thought they've they've done a they've done a really good job i think he thinks outside the box i mean you look at other you look at other payrolls you they're always they're really top heavy you know and if you look at the braves it's more spread out through the throughout the roster you know i just think i think he's set up for the long haul here i expect the braves to remain competitive for a while uh you know they're not without questions you know i've talked about the rotation beyond uh 2024 you know they've got some big some big decisions to make and uh are going to have some areas where they're going to have to be aggressive in filling them but you know i mean i think when you look at where where this uh organization was when alex was hired and the the dis- disarray they had it still had a great farm system coming up even with all the dysfunction but he just came in and been a common influence and you know i think it's it's hard to um you know it's hard to ask for much more honestly i'll tell you what i've been thinking about and i'm gonna i'm gonna lay this out and see and you can tell me if you agree or disagree but so when alex was hired uh, obviously he was in la when he was hired to to uh, be the braves um gm but he had spent most of his career in toronto and the reputation that Alex had when he was hired with the Braves was he is highly, highly aggressive, very aggressive GM, always looking to make big moves. If we're honest, the first probably three or four years that he was with Atlanta, 
I would I would say we we didn't necessarily get that guy. But I've been thinking about it, you know, since the Braves really started making money, you know, hand over foot at the battery and Alex has had some some money to spend and some room to work with. I think we've really started to see kind of the wheeler and dealer that's really Alex's true nature starting with the you know Freddie Freeman or really starting even before that you know in 2021 when when Ronald got hurt and he had to remake the entire outfield on the fly you know 2021 or after that year you know he he makes the big Matt Olson trade he's made some really big bullpen moves especially Iglesias and Joe Jimenez and you know Pierce Johnson and you know, then this year we've seen him just make a ton of a ton of moves, a ton of deals. You know, you had the 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 Kelnick trade, you had the Chris Sale trade, you've had a bunch of these little trades. You know, I, I think we've really started to see the the aggressive GM that was kind of always Alex's MO before he came to Atlanta. And I think it's because he's got, you know, in Toronto he had a lot more financial flexibility than he did when he first got to Atlanta. And I think now with the battery going and the team going, he's he's got money to spend, and the Braves are a, a top five payroll and have been for a couple of years now. And I think we're seeing the guy that you know, I think we're seeing the guy that Alex has always been, and that's exciting because that just means you know there's always going to be stuff to talk about. There's always going to be potential deals out there, and I love it. I, I, it's entertaining as hell. I, I I've been I've enjoyed this off season. It's been slow for a lot of fan bases, but it really hasn't been slow for the Braves. The Braves have been probably the most active team, and so yeah, I think we're I think we're finally seeing the Alex Anthopoulos that I was kind of expecting when he came from L.A., but mainly from Toronto. Yeah, and I mean, when you think back to his early days, a lot of the criticism was that he wouldn't trade a prospect, you know, and uh, he was very meticulous in learning the system, and uh, you know, he probably held on. There's probably a couple of guys that he might have held on to a little too long. Uh, but I think in the grand scheme of things, you know, everything worked out. 2021 still jumps out at me just because he remade that whole outfield and never – I mean, I think Bryce Ball at the time was the highest prospect that he gave up. I mean, he basically didn't give up that much. And then, you know, when you look at the Matt Olson, Sean Murphy trades, Braves had a bottom five farm system at the time. You know, the talk was, well, they can't they can't trade for anybody because they've got a bottom five far, uh, farm system. Now, say what you want about the Oakland Athletics, but he was able to get a trade for two all-stars, basically, you know, with that, with the bottom five system at the time. So, you know, I mean, again. Well, and, not, and not only not only that, but I mean, he traded, you know, he traded William Contreras. I mean, that's a that's an that's an aggressive, aggressive move. Like that's that's not something a, a, a passive you know, risk averse GM does. You trade William Contreras, who's 22, looks like a potential superstar. Like that, that takes some guts, man. And he's had a couple of those. Like he traded Kyle Wright. Like he, he's, he's much more aggressive than I think his early years in Atlanta maybe made people think he is. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, this, this offseason, I think we're going to look back at it and see. Just kind of were, you know, they kind of cleared out some guys, you know, some people that, you know, had long-term question marks, whether it was by injury or, you know, just didn't have, um, you know, the flexibility, the roster flexibility, because that was, you know, if you, it's hard to nitpick a 104-win team at like they were in 2023. But if you looked at that club, wasn't the most flexible club out there. You know, we, we talked about several times where they really needed a, a fresh arm to come up but they didn't have any flexibility in that bullpen to add a fresh arm without somebody going on the injured list and being gone for you know two weeks so i think they've really started to clear that out this time and 
I, I never had any doubts that it wasn't going to happen. I will probably wouldn't have predicted it that long of a deal, though. So I think that speaks volumes to how what the Braves think about Alex and and what he thinks about uh, the Braves and what he's built, and uh, you know, and how well he's fit into this area. Um, you know, with the front office now with his his contract settled, you know, I guess the the next biggest storyline there is is Brian Snitker, of course. The Braves extended him last year through twenty twenty five. Snit just turned uh, 68 in October. You know, I think there's a good chance that before Alex's uh, deal is up that we'll have another manager. Uh, I think it just really comes down to how long uh, Snicker wants to uh, wants to manage. I think we talked about that a little bit last year when he signed the extension. You know, I could see him going a while longer. He seems to be in good shape, seems to be enjoying it. But, you know, like I said, Alex signed a very long deal. So, you know, I guess the next thing to watch uh, will be uh, Snicker's status, uh, you know, around 2025 and beyond. Yeah, and, you know, you really – you get that answer probably after the 2024 season, because if it gets into the 2025 season and he, and he hasn't signed an extension of any sort, then that probably means it's going to be his last year. Most, you know, most established managers, most established front office guys, they don't actually start their lame duck year without a contract. And that's obviously why the Braves got Alex has done this off season because they didn't want to get into you know, the 2024 season with Alex being, you know, a lame duck. So we'll actually probably get that answer next offseason in terms of what they're going to do with Snit. Yeah, I mean, you and I were talking before. I, I think I think Walt Weiss is probably just the obvious move. If, if, if Snit decided to retire, you know, it wouldn't shock anybody, of course, at his age. And Weiss has been with the team. I mean, the Braves had really done a really good job really prior to this season before they lost Wash um, of keeping this coaching staff together and, you know, Walt's, Walt Weiss has been Snit's kind of right-hand man this whole time. So I, I'm guessing it's going to be Snit as long as he wants it. And then as soon as Snit doesn't want it, it's going to be Walt Weiss would be my guess. But it's not – that's not a that's not a, um, a sure thing. There's there's other possibilities. And, um, and it's possible Walt Weiss could get another managerial job before Snit hangs him up too. So, yeah, but that – like you said – that's kind of the next one on the list is is Snit's up in two years, which really means he's kind of up next year, you know, to get a deal done. So, yeah, I guess we'll find out soon how you know what he what he's thinking. That's a good point, and like you said too, I mean they've been really lucky uh, holding that staff together. I mean, obviously there was some attrition this year, you know, with Wash and Eric Young Senior, and it it'll be interesting to see. It's it's weird that when we sit down here to talk about it now, you know, there really isn't a front front office contract. Uh, storyline now at least until snit you know probably at the end of 2024 so all right let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about max free and arbitration another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We did get some arbitration news this week. Um, Max Fried and AJ Minner were both still arbitration eligible. It's kind of weird. The Braves started uh, the offseason with 13 guys that were arbitration el- eligible but had uh, whittled that list down to just Fried and Minner. Both players settled. Fried got $15 million. 
and uh, Minter got six point two two million. Let's start with Freed. MLB trade rumors had him projected at fourteen four. He had a thirteen. He made thirteen and a half million last year, and uh, and I believe lost that uh, arbitration trial to get that salary. So, uh, you know, he avoids it this time. I mean, I think the injuries played a, uh, last season played a big part in that. But you know, it's still a pretty good number for Max Freed in his walk year. Yeah, I mean, listen, when you when you miss half a season with elbow issues uh, like he did last year, it's 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 tough, right? Like you don't have a ton of leverage. You just don't have a ton of leverage in negotiations. You don't have a ton of leverage to ask for a raise, at least a significant raise. So, I think this is mainly what it was. I think um, I think Max was probably just kind of happy with whatever the team settled on. It was going to be a raise of some sort, even even if not a very big one. So. I was a little surprised. I mean, I you know, he's gone to trial the last two years, so it, it would have made some sense if he did again. But again, when you miss so much time with injury, it, it's really tough. And he almost certainly would have lost like he had, like he did last year. Last year, he had a much better case and, and still lost. So I, I'm, I'm, I imagine that that's kind of the, the thought process behind not and just settling. And, and obviously now, you know, it, it moves into – can the Braves possibly figure out something with an extension or is this, you know, is this the last contract negotiation the Braves and Max Fried will ever have? Yeah, I saw a lot of people, you know, reading a little more into it than I think you should. Honestly, I think a lot of people, you know, you, you uh, don't really understand the arbitration process the way it goes. I mean, last year, Freed, Freed lost last year, but his salary, I think, was close to Dublin. So he lost technically, but, you know, he, he still ended up with a huge payday. You know, obviously, we're hoping for an extension there. I don't think settling and avoiding arbitration I- increases the odds too much. Um, I'm sure those arbitration hearings are no no fun for the players. Uh, I don't think teams like them either. Uh, you know, but they're part of the they're part of the structure. It's it's business. You know, at this point, so I don't think I don't think they're too upset about it. I want to talk a little bit more about Freed here in just a minute, but let, first let's let's touch on Minner uh, here too because Minner got a pretty good good a pretty good raise too, almost two million dollars to six point two two million. MLB trade rumors had projected him at six and a half, uh, so he comes in a little bit under that uh, projection. You know, what can you say about Minner? I mean, this guy's been durable uh last two seasons got a bunch of appearances you know and and i think we'd be talking about him a little bit more if you know max freed wasn't also in his walk year too so you know minner um minner has been their best reliever arguably i think you and i both uh, agree with that probably for the last uh two at least the last two seasons probably maybe even three you know i don't think he gets talked about enough honestly yeah i mean aj Unfortunately for AJ, there's still a large part of Major League Baseball, especially when it comes to relievers, that still operates under the the closer and non-closer system, right? Like guys who have proven to be closers, and those are guys that can come in and end the game in the ninth inning. They just inherently get more money than guys who really haven't done that a lot of their career. I mean, AJ has been as good as anybody on this Braves bullpen, like you said, the last couple years. Um, and, you know, he's been a, a high leverage guy, but he hasn't been a, a closer. And in the arbitration process, you know, if he was, if he had the exact same numbers he had, but instead of, you know, he had 10 saves last year, if he had, if he had 40 saves with the exact same numbers that he had last year, he would make a lot more money. Is that fair? Probably not. I mean, it's, you know, the save stat is a pretty useless stat overall. But, you know, in terms of the arbitration process, it still matters quite a bit. 
and you know that's 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 the price AJ pays for not being the ninth inning guy. He's he's been the eighth inning guy for the last I don't know. I mean, really forever. I mean, he's been one of the Braves' top relievers for a long time now, obviously, because he's going into his last year of arbitration. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good raise for him, obviously, but he he kind of pays the penalty for not being the guy that racks up all the saves uh, throughout the season. Yeah, and I think that's some of the reason you see some pushback when when people try to modernize their bullpen, maybe not have a closer, but just go with the best matchups and everything. Because if you're arbitration eligible and you're not getting um, – you're not getting saves. You're never going to get that payday. It doesn't matter how good you are, you know, and, and it's not fair. And it's a, it's an, um, antiquated system in my opinion, but you know, that's where we're at. I will be interested to see, you know, I kind of thought maybe the Braves would extend Minter, you know, just because they don't, they're not afraid to pay relievers. I don't know what he thinks he's going to get on the open and market next year, but it will be interesting. It will be interesting to see if a team signs him and, uh, you know, gives him the opportunity to be a closer. You know, he was that early, early on with the Braves, but over the last, you know, last few years, he's operated more in the middle relief setup role, and has just been, you know, that fireman that they can turn to. It doesn't matter if it's the fifth or sixth inning or if it's the eighth. You know, that's he's he's done a good job there. So, you know, I will be interested to see what he what he actually commands on the on the open market, and if a team looks at him and says, "Hey, this guy can be a this guy can be one, a closer," and you know, if they go with that, or if he just sticks in the same role. Yeah, the the free agent market tends to be much more open minded than the arbitration process in terms of paying guys who aren't. Cl- you know, quote unquote, load uh, closers. Um, you know, we've seen examples even in the Braves. I mean, the Braves just gave Joe Jimenez thirty million dollars, and and he's he was, you know, the I don't know the sixth inning guy, the seventh inning guy at best. So yeah, I mean, if AJ Minner makes it to the open market, if he has a season like he's had the last couple of years, you know, if he shows that he can that can that he can pitch in high leverage again this year, he will get paid a lot of money in the free agent market next year it will somebody will gladly give him you know 10 12 million a year for i don't know maybe more than that i mean he might get the iglesias kind you know iglesias signed that four-year i think it was like 56 million dollar contract with la um that the braves obviously eventually traded for but yeah i mean somebody will pay aj minner a lot of money next year if he has another season like he had this year and he gets you know he gets all the way to free agency he'll he'll get paid yeah, circling back to uh, Max Freed here for a second. This is a question I've gotten throughout the offseason, and I kind of want to – we were going to talk about this last week, but I thought it, it made more sense to wait around until we knew if he was going to arbitration or not. I'll admit that I've wondered this too, especially early in the offseason, but I, by all accounts, it, it appears the Braves were willing to pay Aaron Nola. You know, they were willing to assign him – uh, for and what was no doubt going to be uh, a big contract, probably the biggest that they've handed out, you know, or close to it. Uh, I don't know if it would have got to uh, that Austin Riley level, but you know, it would have been one of the biggest free agent contracts that they've given out in some time. And you know, the natural uh, reply to that was, "Why not just give that money to Max Freed?" Now, obviously, they were looking for uh, to strengthen this rotation, you know, for this season too, as far as going beyond. And I think if Nola had uh, had signed, if the Braves had got Nola, this whole offseason looks different. You know, there's no way they're moving around, taking on the money that they've taken on. 
you know, I think it would have pushed them up, you know, it would have pushed them up a whole lot higher than where they're at as far as those luxury tax tiers. Uh, but you know, the thing, the thing I keep coming back to is why this hasn't happened. I mean, you can kind of relate it to Freddie Freeman, uh, Dansby Swanson situations, but to me, it just comes down to two things. I mean, either Freed wants more money than they're willing to give up or more years, probably both, or there's something in Freed, you know, Freed's, um, in freed that gives them caution as far as as that goes you know i don't know how you uh um, agree with that i think max freed's going to get a huge payday if he if he can be healthy this season pitch as well as he has recently and hits free agency next year because he's going to be six months older than aaron nola was this time he is hitting free agency a little later just because uh he had those injuries when he was in the minors but you know i mean when you look at this max freed situation it, it feels like a repeat of the Freddie Freeman, Dansby Swanson stuff, probably more the Dansby Swanson stuff than the Freeman stuff, because I still think there was a lot of things going on there. But, you know, I mean, what do you think? Why why has this deal not happened? I mean, if I'm being 100% honest, I think it, it all comes down to, I think it all comes down to durability. I think it all comes down to the most innings Max Fried has ever thrown in a season is 185. That's the most he's ever thrown. Now, the Braves were very aggressive with Aaron Nola. And they were clearly, and we have multiple reports confirming this, so you you can bank it to be true. They were clearly willing to give Aaron Nola way more money than they've ever given any pitcher. And you ask, okay, but why, you know, Nola and Freed are like six months apart in age. And, you know, why why are they so much more interested in giving Aaron Nola money than they seem to be giving Max Freed money? And, well, it, it's, I mean, it's durability. Aaron Nola averages like, He's averaged 200 innings over the last one, two, three, four, five, over the last five full seasons. If you take out 2020, which obviously wasn't a full season, but 2018, 2019, 2021, 2022, and 2023, he's averaging 200 innings a season. That's Aaron Nola. And Max Fried has never pitched above 185 innings in his career. And when you're talking about giving money to a pitcher, especially on the wrong side of 30, which both of these guys would be, you got to know that they're going to pitch. Like that's the that's the thing. And there is nothing there is nothing more volatile in in baseball than pitching. You know, relief pitching, starting pitching is just so volatile. And injuries pop pop up out of nowhere. Guys just lose their effectiveness out of nowhere. And so, you know, if you're going to hand out that kind of money, you got to know that they're going to pitch. And with Nola, it's much more of a certainty than it is with Max. And I know that's annoying for Brace fans who love Max Freed. I love Max Freed. Listen, I'll never forget. I mean, he went into Houston in two, in 2021. He went into Houston in game six against the best offense in baseball and shut him out for seven innings to win a World Series. Like, I'll never forget that. That is That will be etched in Braves history forever. And I'll always love Max Freed for it. But when you're talking about six, seven-year deal, you know, $150, 200000000 million, you got to know – you got to know what you're getting in terms of, you know, how many starts you're going to get out of that. And with Max Reed, it's just a much bigger question. Now, somebody will give him that. Somebody will take the ch- the, the chance, and, you know, once he reaches free agency, which I, I think he will. But I, I just don't think it's going to be the Braves. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's where we're at. That's that's the. You know, that's the that's why I'm asking the question, you know, because, you know, if you're going to you're going to ask me, would you rather have Aaron Nola or Max Freed? I think Max Fried's a better pitcher. You know, I don't think there's any doubt about it. The only place that Aaron Nola is going to beat Max Fried in is is going to be in the innings. You know, and, and that's the that's the thing. So, you know, I just kind of feel like 
Bray's probably know Max Fried better than anybody at this point. I mean, he spent, you know, the entirety, just about the entirety of his professional career there. So, you know, I mean, there's obviously something. I do like that Alex, every time he's on the radio, every time he gets asked about this, he never closes the door. You know, we don't know what this season's going to bring. You know, hopefully, I hope Freed has a career year this year. Honestly, do even though, you know, I think it was the same thing about Dansby Swanson. You and I talked about this. Dansby had a career year in his walk year, and it probably priced him out of any chance of coming back. You know, to Atlanta, and I, I you know, I'm hoping that Freed does that because the Braves will be that much better if he's he slides out that way. But you know, the injuries last year and everything. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Maybe Freed wants to go back out west. You know, he's from there. Whatever reason, you know, you and I talked about Alex a lot at the start of this podcast. You can't argue with the process. I mean, they do not have what I would consider a bad contract. I mean, I guess if you're going to look at it, you know, neither you or I, neither one would probably be crazy about that Rosel Iglesias contract just because it's $16 million, but it's only for two more years. You can get rid of that real quick, but, uh, you know, you look at the Carlos Rodon uh, contract last year. I mean, he had an ERA nearly six, was hurt all season. The Braves haven't handed out those type of contracts. You know, I look at Jordan Montgomery. He's a great guy, great pitcher, uh, was huge last year. But is Jordan Montgomery anything more than a number three or a number four on a real good team? I don't know. You know, and I, will that contract look great? Whatever he gets this year, will that contract look great at the end? I don't know, you know, and the Braves don't really have that contract that's just pulling them down right now. And I think that's the thing. You just got to look at the big picture. And I mean, Alex, you know, you and I gushed about him already, but he's had to make some really tough decisions because, I mean, it would have been really easy to said, Freddie, what do you want? And just get handed him the blank check. And same, kind of the same thing with Dansby, you know, coming off a World Series and, uh, and a career season. It'd been really easy to look at him and say, you know, we got to keep you here, but they haven't. They've kind of made the tough decisions, and um, you know, they've shown they're not afraid to pivot. And uh, you know, when they've had to pivot, they've pivoted well. Yeah. So, as you were talking there, two thoughts jumped in my mind. One, if you gave me the if you gave me the choice, I would have I would have signed Freddie Freeman. You know, I would have I would have paid him. I don't know what he was asking, but I think Freddie Freeman was going to age well enough where I would have probably paid it. Now, Alex didn't, obviously, but I, I probably would have. With Dansby Swanson, I would not have paid it. There's not, there's no chance I would have let that one career year, you know, wipe my memory of the the five inconsistent years before that. So I would have let him walk, uh, no doubt. And then with Max Fried, I could probably make an argument both ways, but I would probably let him walk, if I'm being honest. And the reason I would let him walk is because it wasn't just any injury last year. It was an elbow injury. And it's kind of an unsettled elbow injury, if we're being honest. There's we haven't really gotten a, a resolution to that injury. And it's kind of lingering out there. And again, it's not like a it's not a toe injury, it's not a, a pinky injury, it's an elbow. It's his left elbow. That's just that's just tough, man. That's a tough sell. And if, listen, fans won't like it. I I I just said I love Max Reed. I wish he would be a brave for the rest of his life, but Honestly, if it was my call, I wouldn't sign him to a big extension either. I would let somebody else do it because there's a very good chance it's not going to work out. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope he pitches for another. I mean, pitchers, as long as they stay healthy, we've seen pitchers pitch into their 40s. I mean, Max could pitch another 10 years. We don't know. No one knows. It's a gamble either way. But, yeah, if it's my call, I don't do it. I don't – I'm – I'm – 
I probably try to spend my money elsewhere on somebody that's shown a little bit better durability in their career. Yeah. And but I mean, just before we close this out, technically it was a forearm injury that the Braves said, and they right, were yeah. very, they were very clear that it was, the MRI was clean. It had nothing to do with the elbow, but typically a forearm strain. I, I don't know what the right word is, but usually uh, it, it, it adds question to the elbow and Max has already had one Tommy John surgery. You know, yeah. it's something, it's something to say. So, you know, we have talked about it being an elbow, but, you know, technically, and I mean, I don't know, they don't come clean with everything all the time and they shouldn't obviously, but you know, at the same time, they did make a point of saying that, you know, the MRI was clean. It wasn't the elbow. It was just straight forearm strain. And that's why he was able to come back. But you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe there's something else there that we don't have any idea about or whatnot, but you know, it is going to be painful if, you know, if Max does end up walking and I'm going to, I'm going to be optimistic right up to the point where he, until he signs somewhere else, you know, that's just kind of the way I am as far as this goes. Cause he's my favorite pitcher on the team to watch. Uh, I love Spencer Strider, but Freed still, you know, Freed still that guy for me in, in, in most ways. It will be fascinating to see next offseason how they do pivot if Max Freed walks and, and Charlie Morton, you know, obviously doesn't return because it's a little bit harder, I think, on the pitching side than it was, you know, with a position player. I mean, Bray's got really lucky that the same year that Freddie Freeman left to go to Los Angeles that Oakland was willing to sell Matt Olson, you know, and they pivoted. And, and I think you and I said, man, if you're going to, you gonna not have Freddie, you've got to go get Matt Olson. You know, you couldn't, a uh, stopgap wasn't going to do it. And, you know, they did, they did that. So it's going to be interesting to see how they pivot in, in the pitching because, you know, they, I thought they were pretty aggressive. Uh, those Aaron Nola rumors came out really quick uh, early in the offseason. Obviously, they came up short. You know, they're going to enter the offseason next year, provided A.J. Smith-Shaver and Hurston Waldrop, nobody takes that huge leap forward. Right now, it looks like they're going to need two pitchers. They're going to have to be really, really aggressive, you know, in filling those spots. Uh, granted, they could do some of something at the trade deadline, too, but – you know, it's going to be really interesting to watch. But, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about free because this is one of those – it is one of those questions you get, you know, you get a lot. You know, if you're willing to spend all this money, why not just give it to Max Freed? But, you know, I think is there's more to it than um, – you know, more more goes into it than uh, what you uh, what you just read or think about every day. Yeah. And they, I will say this. Next year they will have – there are some frontline guys coming available next year, like Corbin Burns is going to be a free agent. I'm just off the top of my head, I think Zach Wheeler is going to be a free agent. Correct. Um, obviously, uh, Max is going to be a free agent. Um, I think there's Robbie Ray. Uh, no, he signed along. He he signed along. Oh no, that's but right. There, yeah. there are some more. There are some. The free agent class looks a little better. Um, Robbie Ray had it. Robbie Ray has an opt out. That's what it was. Right. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see. You know, obviously, it's something we'll keep talking about all the way through but you know i mean um we'll just have to see how how this all develops but i mean we're kind of in the dark the same as everybody else is i mean you know but to me you know that's what makes alex so good at his job is because he's had to make these big decisions and then you know pivot from them and i think the braves have a plan i don't think it's a situation where they're walking into this you know into this with a lot of uncertainty i think they know you know what they got to do and what's in front of them it would it would help a lot and I know you just mentioned this, but it would help a ton if if Hurston Waldrop or, or Smith Shalver like really took a step 
this year, like where you could almost depend on them for the rotation because, like you said, if it's Max and and um, Charlie Morton, and depending on Chris Sale's injury stuff, you know how he gets through the year, it could it could get very interesting on the rotation next year. Yeah, I mean, if you think you can pencil in Smith Shaver or Waldrop in Charlie Morton's spot, then you can afford to be a little more aggressive in replacing yep. Max Free. You know, if you need to or, or or what. So, you know, there's a lot going to be a lot of moving parts um, as far as this goes. A lot of things, and again, Braves could Braves could be in the market for a starter at the trade deadline, even if this rotation is well is is pitching well, just because they're looking at 2025 also. So, it'll be yeah. something to keep an eye on. All right, we'll uh, we're going to take another break and then come back and finish this thing up. We got another uh, little bit of news this week, and I thought this one was fun. You know, Charlie Culberson's coming to spring training with the Braves, but this time he's going to do it as a pitcher. We heard this uh, rumored a little bit at the end of last season. He actually made, I think, three appearances with Gwinnett after uh, after he was uh, outrided off the 40-man roster last year. Two-way player, it's fun. Charlie's always been, uh, you know, fun in mop-up duty. I don't know. I mean, the odds are... The odds are astronomical that this is not going to work, but you know it, it is fun. A little bit of a story. And was you surprised to see that uh, when you saw that the other day? I have come to never be surprised about anything that has to deal with Charlie Culberson because it, it. It. I mean, honestly, it all makes sense. And I was looking. You know, once this once this news dropped, I, I just I just kind of asked myself. You know, how good a pitcher is Charlie Morton? I didn't really even know. I'll say this, he's throwing like 94 from the mound and um he you know he had some some decent numbers so I I don't know. It's not the crazy. I mean, he's not a young man, that's for sure. So that's certainly not going to help him, but I mean, what do you got to lose? I mean, it's the, it's probably this or retire, right? So right. I mean, what do you what do you got to lose at this point? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was fun, you know, it'll be fun to see him in the spring. Um, you know, getting a chance to pitch and I'm sure at Gwinnett this year. One Part of that was, you know, he's the first spring training invitee that we're aware of. Braves will release that soon. You know, I don't know. I can't remember when they did last year, but typically, I mean, we're just about a month away now from pitchers and catchers reporting. That list is kind of important this year because Braves, as of this recording, still have room on their bench. Signing Luis Guillorme um, makes that a little bit different, but I mean, I think there's still going to be some competition for that last spot. We'll be interested to see who they take to camp. Obviously, Hurston Waldrop is a non, uh, not a 40-man guy that I'm sure will be in camp. So, you know, that's always one of my favorite parts. It kind of rings in the spring, but hopefully there'll be some young guys there that we can get a look at. Yeah, and I, I think I think Fletcher will end up being put back on the 40-man. My guess is he'll end up being put back on the 40-man in spring at some point just because I, I'm guessing he's making so much money. I'm assuming he's going to be on the team. I don't know. I, I could be wrong about that. But, but yeah, they're going to – and I know they're going to have a – they're, they're going to add a right-handed outfielder of some regard. I know that for a fact. They're not going to not have a right-handed outfielder on the bench. So, But, yeah, there's we're, this is going to be very interesting because – I don't quite remember a season where we've had so many open 40 man spots, you know, next to a roster that's pretty complete. Like usually when you have open 40 man spots like this, there's very glaring holes on the roster that still need to be filled. And, you know, other than some bench spots, there's not really the case on this team. So yeah, the, 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 the minor league deals and then the, the, uh, the the spring training invites are going to be interesting this year. Yeah, and if we get to the halfway point of the spring when teams start to actually pare down their roster a little bit, 
and the Braves still have this many open uh, spots in their forty man, we're gonna they're gonna be really active. They're gonna be yep. claiming guys right and left. Uh, so you know it'll be interesting to see how that pulls out. Uh, the last bit of news: uh, Monday, January fifteenth, the international signing period opens. We'll have coverage on the site for that, so you can kind of keep an eye on it. Atlanta's got a, a bonus pool of about five point nine million. And they're expected to give it all to a uh, 17-year-old shortstop, Jose Perdomo, out of Venezuela. Uh, Perdomo's kind of a top three talent in the class. I don't know how much you follow this stuff. I don't follow it too much. I've been kind of trying to uh, cram in the last little bit to try to get ready for this. I know our minor league guys are always on top of it. Uh, we're going to have signing tracker and stuff for tomorrow. The Braves can still sign players for $10,000 or less, but it sounds like all of their bonus pool is going to go to Perdomo. I've seen a lot of things. You know, I've had – it's kind of it's kind of weird because I think the last couple of years it's like well we signed a bunch of guys but we didn't get the we didn't get the big name you know you didn't get the big guy the big uh, you know the best player in the class and this time they're getting one of the best players in the class but they're not going to be able to spread that money out through a bunch of top 50 guys I don't know which way is correct I think it, there's no right answer it, it's very dependent on who's available and uh, who you can get um, but you know, uh, international markets an inexact science anyway, uh, that some of these guys are so young and, uh, you just never know what you're, what you're getting, but it sounds like they've been linked to Pernomo for a while and they're really high on him. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what, uh, comes out of Monday. Yeah. It's just nice to be able to spend money on international prospects again, right? We, we, we went so long. It seemed like we went forever with, with still being under the penalties and, you know, the irony that all these guys already have kind of preset deals is not lost on me since, you know, that's kind of what Shot Coppolella got, got burned for on top of a bunch of other stuff, if we're being fair. But, um, but yeah, looks like the Braves, Perdomo's, I think, uh, I looked this up the other day. I think MLB.com ranks him like the third, the third best uh, international prospect out of, out of everybody. So, obviously a, a highly touted kid. I, I think he's out of Venezuela, which I'm sure having, you know, the best player in baseball on your team, who's also from Venezuela, you know, probably helps a little bit, but, um, but yeah, that's obviously it's good. We'll see how good he is. I mean, these kids are so young. I don't know how you even begin to, I mean, the last time the Braves signed, you know, the, one of the best international prospects, you know, it, it, it didn't work out great. So um, you never know. These kids are so young. They said they got so far to go that, it's it's I wouldn't get too crazy about it, but you know, spending money on one of the best guys right now is is better than not. So I'll take it. Yeah, I agree. Um, all the everybody, you know, I've looked around MLB dot com, Fangraphs, uh, Baseball America. Everybody's pretty high on Perdomo, especially it was his ability to hit. And I've seen a lot of people suggest that they think he can stay at shortstop, which which is always huge because all these kids are usually shortstop. But as they start to fill out and, you know, add muscle and stuff, sometimes they have to move off the position. So we'll be interested to see how it turns out. We'll be tracking all the signings that we can get, you know, on the site Monday. So be sure to follow along. I think that's got it for us, for us this week. Um, anything else you want to cover before we get out of here? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's been like I said at the top; it's been kind of slow. I mean, the the off season has really has really stopped for all intents and purposes. So I would love to see, you know, I know Boris kind of hijacks these things and and draws them out and 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 makes people wait as long as possible to try to get the best deal, and and that makes it tough for all the players behind those guys to sign contracts. But I would love to see something happen or maybe break the dam and start seeing um, some signings happen again. But you know the Braves are pretty much done. 
you know, in terms of the heavy lifting. So it's it's really more of a just something to to read about than it is the Braves needing to do something. But yeah, we're getting close to spring training, and obviously we're going to have a ton of stuff um, on the site for it. So, but we appreciate it as always.